Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Drive Through HR. It is Tuesday, February 4th, and uh, I am your host, Robin Schooling, on uh, today's episode of Drive Through HR, and uh, very much looking forward to our guest today and a conversation that we're going to have. This is going to get us right down to the, you know, dare I say it, the core, one of the core fundamental things of HR. You know, sometimes we talk about technology and we go off on these tangents and we're talking about you know the latest and, and greatest buzzwords or hype but um at, at at its at its base this is a show about human resources and uh it it, it always gives me kind of a, a nerdy thrill when i get to talk about sort of these legal uh foundational aspects of what we do so our guest today is uh, one of my favorite people and one of my favorite employment attorneys. Um, two words that you don't often hear, two phrases you don't often hear <laughs> together, but I have no problem saying it. Um, and that is Kate Bischoff. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for having me, Robin. I'm so happy to be here. And uh, you're no. absolutely right. This this is a super core issue, and it's one of my favorites. So I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> We uh, we'll just we'll just we'll just nerd out on on this you know kind of legal stuff here for the next thirty minutes. So for our listeners who are not familiar with you, um, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell tell folks a little bit about what you do and how you spend your time. Okay, so I suffer from law degree, as should have been readily apparent in the last two minutes. Um, but I am an employment lawyer who no longer litigates. So I spend about a third of my time doing trainings in workplaces from respectful workplace training, manager training, FMLA ADA type training. Another third of what I do is policy work, so developing handbooks and practices and procedures within HR. And as my kids like to call it, the random, oh, shit, Kate, can I fire this guy question that happens about (laughs) once or twice a week. (laughs) And then the last third is this topic. It's workplace investigation. So a client will call and say, Kate, we have an allegation of XYZ. Can you come in and figure out if that's what happened and then make recommendations as to what the outcome should be? So it's Mm -hmm. kind of a, these three different buckets kind of feed each other and provide good fodder and help me do better in my work and so that I can do better with my clients. Yeah. Well, and, and let me add to that as well, because obviously you, you do you do the work and you support you know folks who are clients, but I think one of 
one of the differentiators for you and 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 there's a handful of other employment attorneys that I also also think very fondly of um because the 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 vein that runs through I think a lot of the work that you do and and some of these other folks is is your education to the greater community um you know I writing writing your blog posts doing webinars being out on Twitter, LinkedIn, and and really kind of taking these sorts of issues, boiling them down to the here's why it's important you need to know about it, and and being able to weave weave the story that gives understanding to oh. HR professionals, but or to business leaders. Um, and and you're yes. you're excellent at that. You really are. Thank you. I really I thank you. I really appreciate it. I love doing them. I love doing the webinars. I love. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Twitter, uh, but I enjoy having these conversations about this stuff because I think it's important because it's really, it, sometimes it can be really hard to keep up with what's happening in employment law yeah. to keep on top of all of this. And so as much as myself and my employment law friends like John Hyman and Dan Schwartz mm-hmm. and Mark, as much as we can put it out there in the world, I think we're doing better for HR, and that means that yep. eventually you guys will come pay us. So, yep. right? That's the hope, at least. So. <laughs> so. Exactly. So the the topic we want to talk about today, and and you know, really really front of mind, you wrote a um, you wrote a post about it end of last week, actually, um, mm-hmm. about a recent decision um, made by the National Labor Relations Board. Um, and I saw it had a catchy name, and now I can't think of what what it was being called. Um, or did oh, I dream that? The, the, <laughs> the name of the decision. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Yeah. It had so, some kind of it had the, some kind of nickname. I thought, but well, um, yeah, the decision itself is um, Apogee Unique Thrift Store. Um, Apogee LLC Unique Thrift Store. It's a decision uh-huh. before the board, so it doesn't really have like the fancy legal names that we come up with where it's like Smith versus ADC yeah. holding company or something like that. This, this yeah. Usually these kinds of cases come up with kind of just a one name, like this is the case. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and this, this particular decision came down in December, kind of mid-December timeframe, and it overturned a relatively infamous decision Um called Banner Estrella Medical Center and commonly referred to by investigators by the Banner decision. Yeah. So the Banner was prefaced on this idea that employees get to talk to each other about uh, investigations, get to talk about misconduct. And Mm -hmm. this new decision kind of overturns part of that decision saying that employees can be told that they can't talk about an investigation. And so it's, it was heralded by a lot of investigators out there, by law firms out there, and I might be the lone dissenter, um, but I'd like to talk about why I dissent. So, <laughs> so what? So I'm going to back up a, a minute, and this doesn't really necessarily have to do mm-hmm. with investigations, but this is a, a question, um, you know, that especially new HR professionals, um, well, heck, even some very very senior HR professionals seem to um latch on to and and um that is oh well that's the national labor relations board and we're not union so i don't have to pay attention <laughs> and 
Yes. You know, I mean, I hear that all the time. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, yeah, no, you do. doesn't matter if you have a yeah. CBA or not. Um, so right. it is important for folks to, first of all, be aware of this. Um, so the so let's 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 go through a scenario. So employer is investigating whatever. Let's pick harassment, you know, because that's I think yeah. where we're going to lead to, um, because that's where you've kind of mapped out some of your your thoughts on it. So here's a here's an investigation into potential um, sexual harassment at an organization, mm-hmm. and what. What does this new decision now tell the investigator or the HR leader or the HR business partner or whoever's investigating it? What do they have to do or not do? Well, there's nothing that they have to do. Um, there is this knee-jerk reaction in investigations that we want to kind of put a status quo and try to figure out what the landscape of the situation is right now without any kind of – external interference and what and ideally in in a lot of investigators minds that means if everybody just stops where they are and we can walk up to each one of them where they are and ask them the questions and get all the information from them at that right at this point then we will know what happened and that's not how real life works right when we when you hear there's an allegation of harassment and you get that allegation on friday night there's no way you can interview employees over the weekend and so yeah. they're bombarded by, you know, their friends' Facebook posts and social media and the going to go see maybe the bombshell movie or something like that over the weekend. And so that when you sit down to talk to them and ask them what happened, there's all of this other stuff that might have gone through. And it's possible that when you get the report of harassment, you're like the seventh person to find out about it. And so people yeah. have been talking about it for a bit. And so there's no good way to put that stop mechanism up there and what HR mm-hmm. historically has done prior to this banner decision, because the banner decision is still relatively new. It's from 2015. Um, the, what banner tried to do is say, you can't stop people from talking. You can't tell line level employees that they can't talk about this. And so there was this mm-hmm. way that employees were talking to each other. And when they talked to each other, you got more information. They said, you know, maybe you should go talk to the investigator too, or, you know, yeah. You know, you really should do the right thing and not be quiet in the investigation. And so, yeah. Banner recognized that in the National Labor Relations Act, and in particular, it's called Section 7, and this is where even non union employers need to know about it, is that we cannot, stop, empo- we cannot stop employees from engaging in what's called concerted protected activity. That means mm-hmm. employees talking to each other to improve the terms and conditions of employment. And mm-hmm. obviously, an investigation is a term or condition of employment because it results mm-hmm. in discipline, it results in changes management, it results in the whole host of things that could come out of an investigation. So, Banner granted under an Obama National Labor Relations Board because the other key thing people should take away is the NLRB is incredibly political. Every yeah, time we get yeah. a new president, we swing this pendulum back and forth. It's, it is perhaps the most political of the employment agencies that we work with. And mm-hmm. so this is a, a major swing off an Obama decision. Um, and that's what the banner said. Is these, these folks get to talk. This 
NLRB, a Trump-appointed NLRB, finds very differently. It says mm-hmm. maybe you don't necessarily need a blanket policy, but you can tell people they can't talk because we want this stop mechanism to try to get what happened at that point in time without any external interference. And so yeah. that's my reading of this case, Unique Thrift, is that that's what it's trying to get at. Yeah. I, I'm just like you, Robin, I get to live in a real world. Right. And when, I, when I'm investigating, I get tons of different information coming from people. I get the jittery, nervous person sitting across from me who obviously has more things to say because I know he or she has more things to say because people have told me they do, but they're just not yeah. saying it. And so yeah. the idea to them that this is, I'm going to tell them don't talk about it or anything like that. That is that is a statement I don't want to make because I know yeah. when you're sitting in the chair and you're nervous, you want to tell me stuff, and it may be that you talk to another coworker who says, "Well, I told her blah blah blah," and then you're like, "Yeah, maybe I should go back and talk to her too." So, and and I've certainly had you know I think back of the number of investigations that I've that I've done over the years and. You know, part of that. Okay, I'm talking to, I'm talking to Sally Sue, um, who was maybe one of the witnesses, and you know, and and one of my questions is, you know, was anyone else there? Are there any other witnesses you can tell me about? Did, you know, are you aware of anybody else that, you know, was is mm-hmm. was brought into this situation or whatever? And Sally Sue, there's one of the times when Sally Sue, cause she doesn't want to get you know anybody involved, doesn't say anything. Um, mm-hmm. But then she goes back and she's thinking about it, or she goes back and talks to her coworker and says, "Oh yeah, I didn't give him your name, but you know, I know you saw it too, or you've heard this, or you witnessed mm-hmm. X." And ultimately, mm-hmm. then that person comes comes walking in, uh, you know, yeah. and and we'll be missing that. We'll be eliminating yeah. the ability for people to have multiple ways to bring forth information or to be involved in the investigation to, you know, which is ultimately about getting at the truth. Um, right. And, and I know say the people who think this new decision is great are not trying to get to the truth. They absolutely are trying to get the truth. Yeah, I just yeah. think they're, they're potentially closing off a bunch of different ways that they could get it. If they he's on to this decision, the yeah. other piece of it for me is that, when I'm meeting with someone, I, an employee comes in to meet with me as an investigator. They're nervous. They're anxious. They're definitely not happy to be there in most cases. And so when I ride the line of what this new case allows me to say is that the content in my questions need to remain confidential, mm-hmm. the person who's sitting across from me doesn't hear the nuance between con- content right. and question. They hear this investigation is confidential. And right. The power, the power I have as the investigator is very threatening, right? Because what happens out of my investigation results in some discipline in many cases, not all, but in many cases. And so they're afraid coming to me in the first place. And so they don't hear the nuance if I say content and questions. And then they're afraid that if they do talk about it, I'm going to get them fired. And so yeah. whether I make it as a threat or I make it as an admonishment, when I, what I say in the, in the investigation carries weight and that power 
is something that could really silence and, as you mentioned, stop those different avenues of getting information. Right. Right now, one of one of the one of the the pieces I I read and I believe this is correct with this new decision that the um, the, the 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 framing of it is that um, that time for confidentiality where you can say don't talk about this is just during is during the open investigation. So. Mm-hmm. I do the investigation, you know, the company does the investigation, we, we close it out, we make our decisions, whatever happens, happens, terminations, you know, warnings, nothing, whatever. Once that's closed, although how would anybody know that, but that could be six months right. or a month from now, <laughs> then somebody right. could, then Sally Sue could be talking about it. or Right. And, and I guess that's where it becomes, to me, um, potentially long-term, there's potential long-term damage for the organization. Um, uh, you know, and again, people never know, theoretically, nobody knows what what happens with a, an employment, you know, decision and, and uh, you know, what a, whether that be a suspension or whatever, any kind of discipline thing other than the people involved. But people will think nothing happened even more so yeah. potentially now. Boy, we couldn't even talk about this. Gee, it's been six months, and Bob is still here. Yeah. We don't know what they did to Bob, if anything. Bob is still here. Mm-hmm. He's still doing this. But I've been told I can't talk to anybody about it. Right. Is, is does that, that mean going that ESR to gonna... frighten? I, th- I definitely think that will frighten people. And it also puts the burden on HR. Like, okay, so you can't talk about while the investigation is open. But now yeah. that we're done with Bob and, and he's still here and everything seems to be going fine, we're going to tell everybody that the investigation is over? No. Right. Right. <laughs> we don't right. do that. Why? Why? Because that would, you know, even if we're still monitoring Bob's behavior that we, you know, we suspended him, we took his bonus away, whatever we did to try to make sure that behavior didn't, didn't continue, we thought it was going to be effective, but we're still monitoring the shit out of Bob, right? We're not letting yeah. him run on a leash. But people are thinking that we are, and if we send, oh, yeah, investigation's closed. Please resume talking about Bob's conduct. Like they're gonna think we're we're gonna be awful. We're gonna look like we are yeah. incompetent and we didn't actually take the steps. And so that's yeah. the other piece of this that is frustrating to me. Yeah, uh, let me do a and quick I'm sorry reset. Shit, and, uh, <laughs> let me do a quick <laughs> reset, and then we uh, we've got about ten minutes left. Oh my gosh, how it goes so fast. Uh, but uh, you're listening to Drive Through HR. Our guest today is Kate Bischoff, and we are talking specifically about investigations and uh, a new decision that came out from uh, the uh, National Labor Relations Board. And uh, apro- apropos to um, to the conversation, I want to give a thanks to our sponsor, which is Q Inc., which is the Organization for Positive Employee Relations. Boy, that doesn't fit, right? Um, but diving, <laughs> diving back into uh, into this decision and sort of the, you know, it's the unintended consequences of, of this stuff, and you could say that about any decision. But, you know, we've used the, the example of it's a harassment investigation and um, a, a sexual harassment investigation. And, um, you know, I'm in HR and I'm doing – I'm crossing all my T's, I'm dotting my I's, I'm doing everything right, and I am, um, you know, 
uh, dealing with what I need to deal with. <clears throat> We've already talked about the, uh, oh, well, you know, people never know that, and then it's closed, but how do they know they can bring up issues with Bob again? That particular sort of scenario around harassment, around sexual harassment, um, and you address this in your blog post, but how how does that play in this world now when Me Too and cases and instances of sexual harassment in the workplace are so visible? What's what's the danger, you know, we, we're, we've created well, I, with this? I, I think Me Too has been an amazing thing because we've talked about sexual harassment now. We've got mm-hmm. State legislature is taking huge actions, including lowering the standards, requiring training. And for that reason, we are combating harassment. One of the hallmarks of harassment is that the harasser isolates and makes the person feel like this is the, they're the only ones dealing with this. And yeah. if we say to people, you can't talk about an investigation because someone was brave enough to come talk to us in the first place, we continue to isolate and we continue to make sure people feel like they're the only ones going through this. Whereas we know, particularly from Harvey Weinstein and Cosby, is that when women started talking to each other, they discovered how many of them there were. And that allowed us to really take some distinct and harsh and, you know, desperately necessary action to make sure that it stops. I mean, Harvey alone has over 90 women at this point in time, but Hmm. the women didn't know about each other. Right. In fact, he used that to his advantage. He would say, you know, Gwyneth did this or, you know, Ashley did this. And so you should do, it wasn't that this is, you are the only one thinking that this is harassment. This is just the cost of, you know, getting into a movie uh, from Harvey's perspective. But if we tell people in the investigation you can't talk about this, that you can't, you know, confide in someone else who they work with because we're doing an investigation and because that we might not get the purest of information, that just means more people are not going to come tell us. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to happen. I want mm-hmm. people to feel like they can, if they can come talk to me as an investigator, they can come talk to you as the HR person doing the investigation. I don't want people to feel that they can't come talk to us or that they feel like can't talk to each other because then their job is on the line. And so right. the value in people engaging in what I would consider, which the board you know, takes issue with now, this concerted yeah. protected activity yeah. of work, looking out for each other, I think is so crucial. Yeah. Well, and one of the, thing, one of the, the, the points you made as well when you, when you wrote about this was, you know, oh, well, um, you know, some investigators um, will argue, oh, well, we don't want employees talking to each other because they're going to get their stories straight with each other <laughs> and they're going to, you know, oh, you know, they're all going to come in and, you know, it's all going to be work. They're all going to have it figured out already what this tale is they're going to weave. Um, and, and, and you then rightfully pointed out as well, you know, if if someone is a trained interviewer slash investigator, you pick up on that. They all use the exact same phrase, you know. <laughs> the, oh, it was 2.03 p.m. Exactly. I know. I looked at my watch, and they all say the same thing. Um, right. You know, we're we're equipped. We're tra- Hopefully we're trained. We're <clears throat> equipped to handle those things, um, which kind of brings me to a, a, a couple of wrap-up questions. Um, in, in general, for 
in for workplace investigations um, if someone cannot is not utilizing a third party we're going to get to that in a minute but um, mm-hmm. I'm the HR professional I'm the HR leader I'm who, Sally the HR generalist whatever I'm doing an investigation what what are kind of the top things to um, you know to prepare myself yeah what are the top things to consider this could go on forever well I would quick <laughs> yeah. yeah right exactly the things I would consider as an HR person is am I equipped to, to ask these questions and remain impartial um, a lot uh-huh. of my clients hire me because I don't know anybody in the organization yep. but and I have yep. and they also don't want to waste their own credibility on something like that. So if it's a high-level manager, yeah. they hire me because they don't want to be on the chopping block with the other guy too, right? So yeah. they bring my credibility in and that works. But for an HR person, if you're going to be doing the investigation yourself, I want you to think about, one, can you do it and be impartial? Two, have you figured out the dynamics of the organization so that your investigation just isn't what she said or what he says or what she, she says? It's Mm-hmm. How does the team work together and how does mm-hmm. the team fit in the broader organization? Because those kinds of dynamic things or how they work together really do shed a light on the behavior that is occurring within that team. And so, you yeah. know, you know, part of the confidentiality is you don't want to out the complainant. Well, did he touch her boob, you know, touch Susie's boob? No, it's how do they interact with each other? How do, you know, yeah. asking those kinds of open-ended questions about what they observe because that that interaction isn't, you know, outing Susie as the complainer, but it's also trying to get the bigger picture. And that's why I think sometimes HR loses a little bit on is we don't yeah. we don't step back enough to look at that bigger picture. Yeah, and I think you know I think there's also danger. Um, well, maybe danger is the wrong word, but it, it one of the things that makes it challenge makes it challenging, especially if somebody's in a you're an HR professional in a small or mid-sized organization where you know everybody and mm-hmm. you know you're you're part of the fabric of the work the workplace and then you have to go in and do an investigation and the difficulty for some cuz I I've seen this with people on my teams is they have such preconceived notions before they so it gets back to that impartiality of it um, uh, an issue arises or a complaint comes in. It doesn't have to be harassment. It could be, you know, Bob's not cleaning the toilet stall after himself, whatever it is. And and there's mm-hmm. an immediate, um, oh, well, I know he did it. I, I believe it. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure he did it. He's a pig. I know. I know he's the one yeah. wiping poop on the wall. And they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they enter that investigation with, you know, it's it's already it's already accomplished. They've got their uh, their story already written, and that's a real mm-hmm. difficulty um, for a, mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of HR folks that I've seen in depending on the organization and depending upon their role, um, which right. is you know why it's good to yeah, bring the, in the, the other third part- party. Yeah, and the other thing is like the. Say you've got the really bad performer that the manager is constantly talking to you about about 
no, we got to get rid of him. He's such, you know, he's not doing what he's supposed to. And then that person comes and tells you that he's been bullied or been harassed or that he thinks his boss is engaging in illegal behavior. You know, you're, the manager has conditioned you to believe the manager over yes. the employee. And so yes. getting, being impartial in that particular spot can be really hard. I also want you as an HR person to push back on the bad performer. Like, how do you know he's a bad performer yeah. and not yeah. just rubber stamp, whatever, but that, you know, because we know the people, we have those biases and those pictures of our mind built in and that can be a hard thing to step back and do the actual investigation and as as neutral as possible yeah yeah so and i think it's um, often yeah no go ahead go ahead well it's often like i just did an investigation where the allegation was harassment but what i uncovered of just super bad hr stuff super bad management stuff was that was you know, it wasn't the purpose of my investigation, but I uncovered this stuff too. And that's mm-hmm. important in an investigation is to be able to hear the other things that come at you, even though the person complaining about it or bringing the report to you is not the most credible um, or, mm-hmm. you know, has, is, you know, trying to save or his or her job. So it's, that can be really mm-hmm. difficult too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and without, um, Without fail, um, I think you know one of my um, one of my key things. I was with an investigation. Uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want the person to think. Uh, I want to engage with them so it's a conversation when I'm interviewing that that complainant mm-hmm. or that witness or whomever. Um, but by God, I better take damn good notes and you uh-huh. know <laughs> make okay. you know right. Make sure that I'm capturing things. Um, you know, not like a robot that they don't think I'm engaging with them, but, you know, that's kind of a, uh, a, I guess, Robin's key tip as well. Um, But we're down to about, Mm -hmm. just about a minute. So um, thank you so much, Kate, for being on the show. And uh, time flew by. It's a critically important information, you know, piece, you know, piece of what we do. So I'm so glad we got to talk about it. Um, Before we hop off, quick, tell people where they can find you. Website, Instagram, et cetera. Okay, so... (laughs) <laughs> uh, Thrive Law Consulting, all one word, is .com is the website, and that's where you can find the blog post and a bunch of other random facts about me. Um, I am also on LinkedIn. People feel more than happy to come join me on LinkedIn. And uh, as I mentioned, I love the Twitter. It might be my favorite. Um, and I'm K-H-B-I-S-C-H-H-R Law. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Drive Through HR. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.